Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. It was trying to brand us. We were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my hosts as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. I got a big heart, and I'm very forgiving, but, like, don't abuse it. It's been abused enough. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Ridiculous Crime is a production of iHeartRadio. Do, 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 do. Yo, Elizabeth Dutton. What Saren, are you doing here? Saren Burnett. Oh, I was hoping I could run into you. Do you know what's ridiculous? I do. Oh, well, then you say your part. NASCAR romance novels. What? NASCAR in the early 2000s got together with Harlequin, uh-huh. the romance novel, novel publisher. publisher. Uh-huh. And they did NASCAR romance novels. Uh, no, were they featuring NASCAR drivers? Just a man in his car. No, they were, um, it was like surrounding, yeah, NASCAR drivers would be one it's of like, the, what, like Dale Earnhardt like Jr. Interest. would be the love interest and then like some like pit crew boss who's like, I just got to be with him. Yeah, yeah. So there's one book called Speed Dating. Uh-huh. And it's the story of an actuary and who falls in love with a fictional NASCAR driver. A fictional one? They didn't like use yeah, like no, Dick Trickle? Dale, no, Dale Jr., no Dick Trickle. Um, there is no sex, drugs, or alcohol or car crashes in the books. Okay. What is in there in the Really books? emotional kissing instead of... <laughs> I'm serious. Petting? Yeah, like... <laughs> they were just smooching, really like strong smoochins. Um, and so a lot, yeah. of, a lot of knees getting weak. Yeah, tons of them. It's just it's it, there's a whole bunch of them. NASCAR. Uh, like I kissed him, and my novels. leg just went up in the back. You know, like that little. Whoop. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So that's darn ridiculous. I'm gonna you know I'm gonna start writing NASCAR. I'm gonna pick up where they left off. All writing NASCAR romance. I know, I know nothing about for Christmas. NASCAR. All the you know what I want? I want what was the Jose Canseco one? Oh the. The Air Force Gator. Air, yes. Okay. So we're going to build a ridiculous crime library that has Air Force Gator. <laughs> the Air Force Gator All of the collection. NASCAR romance novels. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, one's called Dangerous Curves, and there's another one called Total Control. Ooh. Yeah. Love all these cheesy titles. So good. Slippery When Wet, is that one in there? Probably. Probably, Dangerous yeah. Curves Ahead. <laughs> so I guess I already did that one. So that's that. That's uh, that's ridiculous. That's pretty, that's pretty good. Uh, I, if you have a, a moment, I got one for you. Yeah, of yeah, course. Excellent. Okay, well, how about the story of somebody I know you love, two Instagram influencers uh-huh. who go on an around-the-world cruise, and it's so exciting and new, and they document all of this on their social media. But it turns out that the pair are actually a cover for an international cocaine smuggling operation. Oh, Yeah, let's sold. call it the Coke Boat. Sold. Yeah. Soon we'll be taking another run. The Coke Boat. Da-da-da-da-da. Promises something for <laughs> everyone. Okay. This is Ridiculous Crime, a podcast about absurd and outrageous capers, heists, and cons. It's always 99% murder-free and 100% ridiculous. Elizabeth Dutton. Sarah Burnett. I have a confession to make. Uh-oh. I've never been on a cruise ship. Oh, okay. I have no idea what they're like. I Zero. I, I watched The Love Boat. That, to me, is a cruise ship and Disney commercials. You know, it's like a that's hotbed all I know. of norovirus. <laughs> so, to me, they kind of look ridiculous. Uh, the ships, I mean, not the cruises. Like, you see them out in San Francisco. They're huge. At the docks. Yeah, it looks like somebody kicked over one of the skyscrapers. <laughs> it fell into the water. They're like, I don't know. Let's make a boat out of this. Yeah. But I have, uh, you know, all my nonsense aside. Elizabeth, you've been on a cruise ship, I have, right? twice. Okay, so what was it like? Uh, Just to let me know, I have no idea. It's a, it's an interesting experience. It's like it is like being in a giant hotel. Okay. On its side, everyone falls over. <laughs> uh, it it's um, like what do you do all day? Is it fun? Do you walk around? Do you see people? Do you make friends? Like you like do you see people and go, hey, what you go bowling at the well, bowling yeah, alley? Like, you know, what do you, you do? Can, you can make friends, or you can hang out with your family, or like mm-hmm. you know, they have like trivia games. Okay, right. <laughs> trivia games, I'm with well, that. Well, my family did the trivia thing and, mm-hmm. like, went to every single one and got really, like, aggressively. <laughs> Racking up prizes. <laughs> yes. They had to tell you not to come. Like, come on, yeah. give everyone else a chance. And then uh, they have, you know, people go there. A lot of people are there just to eat at the buffets. Yes, the buffet lines. I read a lot about this in the story. Yeah, and then um, you can walk around on the deck and, like, look out at the water. And then they have stops. I mean, they stop places. And yeah, you get I got out that. And, but I'm saying when you're on the boat, that's yeah. the part I don't get. I don't know. You sleep and you read and you And also, producer relax. Dave, you are somebody who's been on cruise ships too, Correct. That is correct. What what did you do? The best thing is, I mean, truly the rocking of the boat. Like it just puts you to sleep. It just if it, it's the most soothing thing. Huh. And then cruises really are like um, like floating hotels that have all the amenities you can possibly think of. Like the ships I've been on have um, movie theaters. They have like Broadway style stuff, which I don't oh, really yeah, like. Yeah. But wow. But like people get into it, and uh, and if you're sick, like you can watch it from your room. That it's closed circuit record uh, broadcast. Wow, yeah. I had no idea. There are running tracks. There are like you know uh, really nice restaurants and some crappy restaurants, but also really nice restaurants. Okay, so it's not just cruise ship magicians anymore. No, and they have like kids clubs, so the kids can all hang out, yeah, like and then that way, you know, they they have they make friends, okay. and then parents. So it's very Vegas like. Yeah. 
All right. Maybe. Okay. Now, could either one of you imagine when you were on these cruises that along with you were some cocaine smugglers? hundred <laughs> percent. I would be surprised if there weren't. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's time to meet the heroes of this ridiculous crime. I'd like to introduce you to Melina Roberger, 24. She's the primary focus of our cocaine smuggling plot. She would later be joined by her future co-defendant, Isabel Lagasse. She was a 30-year-old at the time. Now, they had a... This had all started out. This whole, like, coke boat scenario happened when Melina's friend whom she only ever refers to as Sugar Daddy. So I will have to be referring to him as Sugar Daddy. So forgive me for that. But What's Sugar that? Maybe da- that's his name. Yeah. First name Sugar, last name Daddy. Yeah. Last name Mr. Daddy. Mr. Daddy. So Sugar was kind enough to offer to sponsor her for a luxury cruise around the world. I right? like how you say sponsor her. Yeah, exactly. Now, what could she say? I mean, who says no to a free world cruise? I mean, now, of course, mix into this little heady cocktail of a question, would you or would you not? It's also your job to post photos on social media. So how could you possibly resist this offer? I mean, this is pretty much catnip, right? It's a working holiday. (laughs) And there's also one other little codicil. Nothing in life is free. Precisely. (laughs) So you have to ask yourself, what will be the price of this if I'm being offered it for Uh free? uh So this is... This whole story, when I was reading it, it kept reminding me of the old ads, what would you do for a Klondike bar, (laughs) right? And, like, I used to laugh at people, and I still laugh at people, and I think they have been doing those ads again. And, like, I actually am the type of fool who will sit there and watch and go, "Hmm, I wonder what I would do, and I imagine (laughs) what I would do. There is nothing that I would do for these likes that these people are doing all of this for. They're willing to ruin their lives for likes, and you will see what I mean in one second. You don't want to get sponsored to, like— Fly out of Medellin with a bunch of balloons of Coke in your tum-tum? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Doing my best impression of a Coke donkey? No. So, Melina Roberger, uh, she grew up in the small town of Granby, which is, uh, in case you don't know, the Montreal exurbs. It's a little village outside of Montreal. And it's a, it's a little bit bigger than a village. I would say it's a town, about 60,000 people. Oh, okay. okay. That's, that's a... That's a small town. I mean, yeah. the town I grew up in was about 52,000 people, and I always thought of it as a town. A city? I wouldn't think of it as a city. The bustling metropolis. <laughs> so it's a, you know, a Canadian small city. It's a Canadian city. So after she uh, leaves Granby, she heads out to, you know, grab her piece of life in the big city of Montreal, as do a lot of people from Granby. She's a high school grad at this point, living in the big city, and she gets a job at a jewelry store. Her customers are mostly local, wealthy, rich travelers, tourists, and of course, international criminals. Of so, course. <laughs> yeah, Melina, she takes to this life, the fast life of Montreal. She loves it. She loves the pulse, the beat of the city, the art, the restaurants, the clubs. Everything is for her. She's like, I've waited all my life for this. And she is a sponge for Montreal. All my young life. All 18 years. (laughs) So soon enough, she becomes the next thing that happens in this phase of evolution for this country girl gone city. She becomes a scenester in the clubs. Nice. She becomes a club girl, right? Good for her. Now, she as she gets known in the club scene, everyone around her, and just like her, they're all documenting their lives on social media. So she starts to become a social media influencer, or at least a hopeful influencer, yeah. right? Now, she'd been in Montreal about two years when she meets the man who had changed her life, who we previously referred to as Sugar Daddy. Sugar. So, Sugar Daddy, he's an older cat, as you might have guessed. <laughs> and no. he was also another thing you might have guessed, mysterious. I like that. Yes, he had money, and he said he had a business online, and she was like, oh, that's cute, I do business online, he's like, too. I'm a businessman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, he's, he'd done well in life, right? At least money-wise. And he liked to spend 
father's fortune. He was very, we'll say generous with it. Turns out he was more manipulative with it, mm-hmm. but he would spend freely around her. She got to enjoy the fine things that he enjoyed. This life, his way of life becomes intoxicating for Melina. She's like, oh, sugar daddy, I love this. Right? Oh, sugar daddy. So Melina is now 20 years old, smitten on a life she doesn't understand or get how it's being paid for. And she's now knee deep into what is a criminal adventure that she doesn't see around her. Okay? This poor thing. I know, right? Now Melina and her... Her older friend, we'll call him Sugar Daddy. <laughs> her sponsor. Her sponsor. She finds out about his mysterious secret. One day, she discovers the source of his fortune. Can you guess what it was? Uh, c- Coke? The online <laughs> business that he ran was an escort service. He oh. was a pimp. And not like the fun kind, like Snoop Dogg in a music video. <laughs> fun yeah, he was a pimp like a Euro trash <laughs> pimp, like open shirt, gold chains, like a pimp in Montreal. Oh, boy. So he would take advantage of young women like Molina. He would enthrall them with this life that they couldn't possibly lead. He'd get them so far into it that they considered it kind of like now their life. And then he'd go, oh, hey, uh... I got a little favor to ask. It's a small favor. Would you be willing to have sex with one of my rich friends? He likes you. And what do you oh, say? God. Right? And so Melina, once she'd walked through that door, she becomes a sex worker. And she doesn't really realize it at first. But then yeah. she's like, well, I don't hate my new life. This isn't bad. <laughs> she's down to being a sex worker. And I'm not shaming sex workers. You know, do you, boo. I don't care. <laughs> but, like, if, when you hear me being a bit judgmental about this, all of that goes on to Sugar Daddy. 100%. Yes. So Sugar Daddy, he's the one exploiting the susceptible and the gullible, right? And I don't cotton to that personally. Yeah. So Sugar Daddy's the bad one, right? Right. Just he's make the that bad clear. guy in here. So he's also arranging sex work for her. It starts out as favors. It becomes more formal. And then he's like her pimp, right? <laughs> formal, so, like with like engraved invitations. Like they have like contracts and stuff. <laughs> like, yeah, I get your 15%. <laughs> so she and her Euro trash pimp, they move on to what comes next, which is they go to where rich people congregate. So she starts working Monaco. Oh. Yeah, right? So Sugar Daddy's introducing her to the ultra rich and lascivious. And meanwhile, Molina's getting paid well. Sometimes it's extravagant gifts. Other times it's that she did a favor for Sugar Daddy. And he's like, yeah, don't worry, I'll I'll take care of you on the back end, right? Anyway, by May... And he's also probably, like, room and board. All of it, yeah. Yeah. Like, all the whole, like, how... Who bought your plane ticket, baby? You know, like, I don't know. (laughs) Who pays your electric bill? (laughs) (laughs) So, by May 2016, she's now moved on to working in Morocco as an escort because apparently there's, like, you know action there. And uh, this Morocco trip she goes on in May 2016, super lucrative. She ends up banking 15 grand from that trip. Wow. Things are going well for her. She's pretty good being an escort, right? And she likes living amongst the wealthy. She enjoys trading pleasure for pay. No problem for her. What year is this? Uh, 2016. Okay. All right. So then comes the fateful offer that will change her life, the one that she kind of just wanders into. Melina's sugar daddy, her friend, he says, I've got some friends, and my friends, they have big plans. And she's oh. like, oh, well, what are your friend's big plans? And he's like, look, I'd like you to come with me and travel around the world. And she's like, oh, well, who would I have to sleep with to pay for that? <laughs> oh, this and, poor thing. And she's like, and she's surprised when the answer's like, no one. You don't sleep with anyone. And she's like, well, how would, well, I don't get it. What would my job be, right? And he's like, sugar daddy's friend's, uh, they just want company. They just like to have pretty mm-hmm. girls around. He's, she's like, okay. So now, without realizing it, she's about to graduate from escort to cocaine smuggling. Right? <laughs> so Melina was... She, graduation she, ceremony. Yeah, you, you, you move the tassel from one side and then you lick it. And, <laughs> so she's now uh, happy with her life as an escort, not too keen on becoming a cocaine smuggler. So when Sugar Daddy's like, hey, you want to take a ride in the Coke boat? She's like, no, I, I'd rather not. I just like to do the Monaco thing in Morocco. That's cool. 
school, a few weeks pass. Sugar Daddy's come back to her and he's like, hey, remember that thing I asked you about with the Coke boat? What do you say? Would you, would you be into that? She's like, no, I just like to concentrate on my Instagram influencing and <laughs> just doing escorting and that's fine. I mean, like, all that's good. So we can maybe just keep this going? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, right? More time passes. Again, Sugar Daddy comes back. He's in a bind. He's like, look, I need your help, baby. You got to hook me up. And she's like, well, what's, what's the problem? What can I do? He's like... This girl I had, she was going to do the trip. I got her in your place, but she she backed out last minute. You got to do this for me. It'll be, a, it's a $22,000 trip. You'll have an amazing time. It's seven weeks. You go all around the world. She's like, I don't know. He's like, I'll give you six grand spending money. Come on, let's do this. She's like, she's like, consider it an early birthday present. She's like, an early birthday present? And then she's like, I need you to do this. And yeah, she's I feel like, like it's not really, at this point, he's not asking. No, she doesn't get that, right? Yeah. So, but she still wants to know. She's like, well, I have to actively, like, transport the cocaine and smuggle it, or can I just, like, be pretty and a distraction? And he's like, okay, I'll just, what do you think? You're going to have to actively smuggle the cocaine. She's like, oh, okay, well, I'm not into that. She's like, just chill, baby. It'll be, like, one or two kilos at most. And she's like, okay. So she eventually, when she starts imagining all the likes flowing in, she's like, I'll do it. And so her fate <laughs> is sealed. Oh. Now, after this little quick break, I'll tell you about Isabel Lagasse, and we'll get you on that coke boat. Nice. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. As you know, the world can be a dangerous and unpredictable place. With every crime I've studied, I've learned one thing. Your best line of defense is your vigilance and preparation. You don't want to worry. You just want peace of mind. That's why I recommend Simply Safe Home Security. For every ridiculous robbery and theft we talk about, it's pretty obvious the crimes could be avoided with a solid security system. A good home security system keeps people prepared and aware. Simply Safe is that system. It was named Best Home Security Systems 2024 by U.S. News and World Report. And it doesn't just protect your home from crime, it also alerts you to fire, floods, and other emergencies. They offer sensors and cameras backed by 24 7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. There are no contracts, and there's a 60 day money back guarantee. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com slash ridiculous crime. That's simplysafe.com slash ridiculous crime. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. 
Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. In the recent history of documentary filmmaking, one scene stands out above all. The hot mic bathroom confession of Robert Durst in The Jinx. Now, the person responsible for that moment, Sereb Kaufman, stepson of the victim, friend of the murderer, star of the documentary, for the first time ever, shares why he believes you're watching the furthest thing from the truth on this exclusive episode of Murder Homes. Listen to Murder Homes on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Elizabeth. Isabel Legasse. Yes. The 30-year-old. Now, she has seen more of the world than young Melina. Now, Isabel, she'd seen the good, the bad, and the ugly of the world. And by age 30, she was like, ride on the Coke boat? Mm, No. Actually, that's (laughs) not not actually how she was. She was a a waitress, and she was working on Montreal's South Shore, which I doubt you know this because I didn't know it. I had to look it up. That's where, like, the commuters live who go into Montreal. So it's like she works in the suburbs, right? Now, she dreams of starting a new life. She's uh, At this point, she was uh, 28 years old when she started dreaming of her new life, and she gets into problems due to her previous bad decisions. She owed $20,000 to some bad men. Uh-oh. And she was working as a waitress, which would not pay for that anytime soon. Right. So she's like, what can I do? I need to make a move. I need to make a big move, right? Lucky for her, a big move comes her way. She gets an offer. Unfortunately, it was from the same bad men who she owed the 20 grand to. They come to her and they go, hey, we got to wait for you to pay off that loan. She's like, oh yeah, you're going to take an all around the cruise. She's like, I'm going to do what? You're going to take an all around cruise. And she's like, I don't really want to do that. And you're like, an all around cruise. Oh, sorry. All around the world cruise. Oh, 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 okay. Yeah. So she's like, yeah, I don't really want to do that. And you're like, yeah, this isn't a a question. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to do this. And then (laughs) if you do it, we won't hurt your family. She's like, okay, this is definitely not a choice. So I will do this. So she agrees to take her trip on the Coke boat. An around-the-world cruise under duress is amazing. Exactly. Forced into it. (laughs) Otherwise, your family's going to get hurt. A luxury around-the-world cruise. (laughs) So... Isabel Lagasse and Melina have both agreed under duress to <laughs> go on the around the world luxury Coke boat tour. So Melina and Isabel, they know each other. They were both like on the scene, like they're familiar with each other. They're not like super tight. They're not friendly, but they know each other. Yeah. So it's not like in, an impossible thing for them to be thrown together and go, here's your cabin, spend the next seven weeks together. They're like, oh, I kind of know her. She's all right. Yeah, I know her. She's cool. So they're you know, fine with the idea when they're told, like, yeah, this will be your partner for this criminal enterprise. You're like, okay. Now, the thing about crime, and I don't think a lot of people always recognize this, is for a lot of people, they don't really realize that they've become a criminal. Like, there's really porous borders to crime. Like, I've known criminals, and it's not like a fixed thing. It's like, there's no job interview. You don't come in and they go, (laughs) okay, you get the job. You start criming on Monday. You know, it's like... You have to put it in your title. Yeah, exactly. It's more like, all of a sudden, you do a thing, and you look back, and you're like, oh, oh, look at that. I'm a criminal now, right? And so that was kind of what happened to Melina and Isabel. They wandered into the waters, and all of a sudden, they were waist-deep in crime. What do you know? Yeah, so... The influencer and the waitress, they uh, are flown from Montreal over to England where they will board this 
around the world coke boat, right? <laughs> they arrive in the British port city of Southampton, and they this is where the ship will launch from. And it's going to go from the UK over to Ireland, and then it'll go from Ireland across the Atlantic to Canada, and then down to the US, to New York, to Bermuda, on to Colombia, and then to Ecuador, <laughs> Peru. Then it goes on to Chile. Then it goes over across the Pacific, stops in French Polynesia. Finally, it wanders its way down to the Sydney Harbor. Seven weeks. This does seem like a cocaine itinerary. <laughs> right? Especially all the stops. So two months on aboard of this boat, essentially, is going to be their thing. Now, they also have a minder, like a criminal chaperone. Uh-huh. There is a 63-year-old man named Andre Tamine who's going to okay. be with them. He's just with so them at all times. two young gals and a 63-year-old <laughs> yes, guy. Yes, okay. Andre. All right. And uh, also, he's not alone <laughs> either. Mike Cruz with Andre? Yeah. <laughs> just not so good of conversation. Right. So he has three travel mates that are with him as well that are friends that the two women rarely see at first, but slowly these men make their presence known on the ship to the women, right? <laughs> the four men are Stéphane Chevrier, Michel Chiasson, Nicolas Kolev, and André Tamin, the first one I told you okay, about. Okay, so there's three dudes. Yes. Two of them are secret, like, hiding in the cabins? Three of them. Three of them are basically just... They just always seem to be wherever the girls are, and then, like, they'll go to eat with Andre, and all of a sudden, these, like, Andre will, like, wave or signal to one of the oh, okay. guys, and they start to go, okay. like, do you know these guys? Oh, and they, okay. they start putting it together, and it turns out that these four men all happen to purchase their $20,000 cruise tickets from the exact same Montreal travel agency, and they all happen to pay cash. Oh. They're all, like, yeah, like, the only ones who happen to do this, right? Yeah. So the cruise ship, this cruise ship that they're spending time on, apparently, like you guys said, it has everything. Like I had to read up. This is the, the MS Sea Princess. Uh, uh-huh. so, so it's one of Princess Cruise Lines out of Los Angeles. It boasts all the amenities you could wish for from a luxury cruise liner. I didn't know this. It had a day spa, a casino, restaurants. It had an atrium that was decked out in gold. I mean, yeah. the thing is just luxury, luxury, right? It's like a Vegas attraction, but, like, actually done really nicely. Mm-hmm. Okay? So the women, they start posting Instagram posts, they, and they're like, oh, look at our life in this luxury, right? And the very first one is a post by Molina that she put on Instagram. It's her getting Irish coffee in Ireland in, like, the uh, little seaside town of Cobb, right? She's like, oh, look, real Irish this coffee. This sounds dope. Right? I'll, I'll move some Coke for sugar. To, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> so then the two start posting the more selfies from aboard the ship. There's bikini pics, big smiles, Sunny ocean vistas, cocktails in hand, the whole nine. You can imagine the shots, right? Yeah. The ship then starts passing into the Atlantic waters. Now we're underway. The Coke boat is cruising, right? <laughs> Malia and Isabel, they start seeing the three bad men more and more often. Now they're like sitting down with them at breakfast. They're like, this is getting weird. They cross paths <laughs> all the time. The men would stop to chat with Andre when they're just walking the deck. They're like, are we going to ever be introduced to these guys? Like, what's so their story? Oh, they still haven't been introduced. No, they're no, just they don't know who these guys mysterious are. Mysterious presence. No, no I, I like to imagine these dudes like playing shuffleboard and they got like dark socks, the sandals. <laughs> they got like... <laughs> like the white shorts, open collar shirts, the gold chains, but they're like, Andre, how you doing? They just spend Your their turn. evenings like standing at the rail wanting to see the green flash and yes, sunset. Just constantly telling each other about it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what they're doing. And the, these Montreal hard men and their, their friendly minder, uh, Andre, they just keep being hard men on the cruise and being generally suspicious. But the women, they don't really put any of this together. They're like, that's probably the Coke guys, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. I would love to be on this cruise and then just be letting my 
your busy Speculation body. run wild. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. yeah, you'd be overheating. You're... Oh, completely. I'd have smoke coming out of my ears trying to figure out, yeah. <laughs> so eventually the cruise gets to Canada and they stop at Nova Scotia. It's one of their big stops. And uh, the passengers, one of the passengers on the MSC Princess disembarks. He's one of the four men, incidentally, and uh, the ones who are friendly with Andre, right? So this man is Michel Chiasson. Michel disembarks in Nova Scotia, and Melina and Isabel don't know why he gets off the boat. They don't see him, and they also don't notice that he gets grabbed by Customs when he gets off, when he steps oh. off the boat. And Customs says, hey, we want to talk to you, right? So the, <laughs> the Canadian border officials take him into custody. They interview him. And what Melina and Isabel also don't know is that Michel Chiasson ends up fingering them as suspects for authorities to keep an eye on. He's like, yeah, there's two girls on the boat, and they are cocaine smugglers. It is not me. Oh, wow. So, but at this point, the boat has left the harbor. It's gone to New York. So the Canadian authorities can't do anything other than to phone yeah. ahead to New York. So they call the American authorities. The women get to New York. Nothing happens. There's nobody there waiting for them at the harbor. They get off. They go to Times Square. They take more selfies. Everything's like oh, bougie, God. bougie, bougie, la, 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 right? <laughs> so... They're enjoying their time. Trip's going well. The pictures are getting mad likes. Everybody's loving it. People can't believe the life that Melina and Isabel are getting to live. They don't see the actual, you know, the truth lurking behind their smiles, but, you know, everybody's blown away by it. They're looking at these photos of them in Bermuda, which is where they go next. The two Canadians, they pose in bikini pics, right? And they're like, They're, like, oh. staring wistfully at the sea. They're taking each oh, other's yeah. picture from, like, behind. And they're leaning just, on yeah. rocks and stuff <laughs> and doing the whole, like, my feet in the water, my buns <laughs> on the rock, you know? And like, okay, so the cruise ship now, it passes through the Caribbean and they get to Colombia. Now, mm -hmm. things are starting to get spicy. Yeah. Remember, Coke boat. So, right, right. While they're off the ship cruising through a zoo in Colombia, we don't know if it was, uh, like, <gasps> yeah, <laughs> Hippos? Yes, we don't, I don't know if it's a cocaine zoo. I don't know if Pablo Escobar's zoo Let's was the one they was. went to. But Play it, it fast was. and loose, Aaron. So they go and they yeah. hit up Pablo Escobar's zoo, exactly. and they're like, this is what the good life pays for. They rode hippos. They're like, we're looking for inspiration. There it is. Show us the little Cessna plane he had. <laughs> so at this point, though, while they're in the zoo in Colombia, a couple of dudes, young guys, who they recognize from the, the cruise line, they, they walk over them like, hey. And the girls are like, oh, we know that the the, uh, the Italian guys, that's how they refer to them. So they, uh -huh. the Italian guys, maybe they're, I don't know, attractive Italian guys that they caught their eye. So they're like, oh, it's the Italian guys. So the Italian guys come over and they go, oh, yo, hey, hey, you're doing, you're doing that thing that we're <laughs> doing. You're doing that thing we're doing. That's awesome, right? And she's like, what? They're like, hey, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. You're doing the thing. They're like, oh, they must be with the Coke, they're too. They're influencers, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the Italians make a clear like hey we're running coke also just like you guys that or we're influencers right <laughs> and so this twosome now becomes a foursome uh-huh so them and the two hot italians they become four young coke smugglers just oh, boy, out on howdy. the world right they have breakfast together lunch together they... if i'm customs yes i would walk through this ship because you know the bulk of the people who can afford to do this and have the time are retirees yes so if i'm on the round the world cruise ship and i'm walking around and i see some young folks mm-hmm and, and I and they're not and they're hanging out with a dude named Andre to me out of here, hauling <laughs> like, them off. Red flag, red flag. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're not far from the truth on that. <laughs> so uh, these new fast friends, Molina, Isabel, and the two Italians, they're always hanging out, and uh, they lays about the pool together, they suntan together, and it turns out the Italians seem to also know Andre and the hard men. Of so they're like, you know, winking a nod from a distance to them. So they're like, oh, okay. They get confirmation when the boat goes to its next stop in Peru. And these guys all get off the boat and they go to a building and they make five 
different trips to load things onto the boat. So whatever it was that they needed to get, it took them five trips together. And they're being really hush-hush about it. But they get all this stuff loaded onto the boat. It's a lot of souvenirs. These souvenirs, yes. A lot of, like, statuary and various... Well, these blankets and yeah, stuff. You know, yeah, things that would be look good in a storefront. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so... We're in the import-export business. Yeah, exactly. Melina posts a photo from her Peru stop. She is, and I kid you not, astride an ATV, wearing a bikini, in this rugged background. And her caption reads, it was just really crazy oh my god oh yeah my god. she also by the way added hashtags bu- hashtag bucket list hashtag quad <sighs> after that it's on to the pacific so, quad now we go on for what they, the hell? They, <laughs> so they go to chile and the coke boat is now on towards other exotic destinations more exciting and new come, come aboard. aboard we've got the coke for you <laughs> so they disembark in french polynesia melina she decides to consecrate this whole fantastic mm-hmm. magical trip with a tattoo because of course of a tattoo course. so she chooses two intersecting lines which may, is a sign of protection for life's travelers zodiac <laughs> so she, exactly she's the zodiac killer so now. she posts a caption on her photo with her new tattoo and it says and i quote i used to be afraid to get out of my little town and now i feel like I don't want to see that little town anymore because it's beautiful out there and it is so worth it. Oh, God. So that post earned her a boatload of likes. Gag right? me. It's so worth it would come back to bite her in her <laughs> suntanned ass. So two days before the Sea Princess, a.k.a. the Coke boat, arrives in Sydney Harbor, its final destination, Isabel is alone when one of the Italians comes up to her and says, give me your room key. So she's like, what do you mean my room key? I don't know. Why do you need my room key? He's like, you know. Hey. So she has to hand over a room key, not by her choice, but she hands it over. The Italian tells Isabel that the Coke will be in your stateroom and, uh, just put it in your luggage and don't worry. She's like, what do you mean? He's like, hey, don't worry. No one in Australian customs would ever check the bags of a pretty girl like you. She's like, you think so? Uh. <laughs> the next day, the ship arrives at Sydney Harbor. And now, Elizabeth, I'd like you to close your eyes yes. and picture it. My eyes are closed. It's 6.50 a.m. on August 28th, 2016. Okay. You've been on board the Sea Princess now for seven weeks. You were invited by your friend, the heir to the Fluffernutter fortune. It's been a beautiful cruise, (laughs) but by this point, you never want to see a buffet line or a cruise ship comedian ever again. Yeah. You can't wait to set foot on Australian land. But you're also a bit of a busybody. Of course. As we all know. Now, you take notice when a squadron of police and customs officials stream onto the ship as soon as you arrive in the Sydney Harbor. You're like, ooh, goody. So you decide not to immediately disembark, but that's also not really your choice because the cops aren't letting anyone off the boat until they've inspected all 2,000 rooms and get to search them. Oh, wow. So now you have to bide your time. So you stroll the decks not worried about your room. You're just looking for trouble. So you find it when you walk past cabin number P312. You turn when you hear a squadron of cops approaching you, but it's not just cops. There's also folks from the Australian Border Protection, and they have dogs. So you're like, yes, dogs. What's all the excitement about? Is there a stowaway on board, you wonder? The big hint is that the border cops have dogs with them, and these dogs are not bomb-sniffing dogs. They look to be drug-sniffing dogs. You're like, oh, goody, goody, goody. And just as you're standing there in the passageway of the cruise ship, the cop dogs indicate what they're looking for is behind the door of cabin P312. The cops pound on the door. You wait, all eager to see whose cabin it is. You have your suspicions. You're like, I bet it's one of those guys. And you're surprised when you see who opens the door. It's that pretty young brunette woman Melina, what's her name? From Canada. You ate dinner with her one Honey, night. Honey, I am not surprised. At the casino. <laughs> 
And when she sees the cops at her door, her eyes widen, your eyes widen in surprise. The cops don't ask to be let in. They just push past her and they start going and the dogs quickly locate the lug and start barking and sounding. A tech comes into the room. He checks using tracing technology to determine there is indeed cocaine present on the luggage. Everyone was like, oh, this is it. You're like, oh, this is the best. And you see that pretty much they go to open up the suitcase they open it up and boom, you see sitting right there on top is pretty much kilos of cocaine. Just oh, kilos wow. of cocaine, specifically 35 kilos of cocaine. Dang. In American terms, that's 78 pounds of cocaine. That's like a small child of yeah. cocaine, right? Yeah. So when the cops unzip the bags, Melina completely loses her cool. She's like, oh, that's not, that's not mine. I don't know what they got there. She becomes hysterical. She can't speak anymore. She starts crying. She falls on the ground, wailing and sobbing, and then starts to hyperventilate. You're like, oh, someone should get a bag. <laughs> so you start pointing around. The cops don't know what to do because only bags in sight all have cocaine in them. So they're like, what should we do? <laughs> Fast thinking that you are. You tell an officer, grab one of the trash bags. They grab a trash bag. It hasn't been used. They hand it to Melina. She's able to breathe and calm down. But you've kind of ruined your spot because now the cops know you're watching. They slam the door <laughs> in your face and that's the end of the scene for okay. you. Okay, that's wonderful. But you say as the door is slammed in your face, they look like such nice girls. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, the Australian authorities continue their coke search, and they also locate Andre Tamin's room. His cabin holds an additional 60 kilos of cocaine. Whoa. That's about 132 pounds of cocaine. Right. Now, all told, 78 and 132, that's 210 pounds of cocaine. Dang. That's equivalent to a whole Tom Arnold of cocaine. Like... <laughs> That, he was, that was the first person I looked up online who they, their, their weight was listed at 210 pounds. But I also found that when Roy Jones Jr. weighed in to fight Mike Tyson, Roy Jones Jr. weighed in at 210 pounds, which okay. means they were moving a heavyweight boxer amount of cocaine. Wow. Yeah. Now, Elizabeth, if you were wondering, Zaren, how much would a Roy Jones Jr. worth of cocaine yeah, how be much worth? Would that be worth? Oh, that's a good question, Elizabeth. Uh -huh. And it turns out the answer is 22 million U.S. dollars. Wow. That's in 2016 prices. Wow. Yeah. Now, after this little break, I'll and be back. And they were only getting 20 grand for this? Yeah. Oh, no, no. They were get, She got six grand. Oh, Spending honey. money. Yeah. Now, after this break, uh, I'll be back to tell you how all of this blows out. <laughs> Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. In the recent history of documentary filmmaking, one scene stands out above all. The hot mic bathroom confession of Robert Durst in The Jinx. Now the person responsible for that moment, Sereb Kaufman, stepson of the victim, friend of the murderer, star of the documentary, for the first time ever, shares why he believes you're watching the furthest thing from the truth on this exclusive episode of Murder Homes. 
Listen to Murder Homes on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. ...tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. ...that this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich men because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, Elizabeth. So this Coke bust is now Australian history. It is the largest in Australian history to date. This Coke bust was so massive that it interrupted the cocaine supply for the city of Sydney. Like, people couldn't find cocaine after this. They were all (laughs) waiting for the Coke boat to arrive. And so, interestingly, when the cops were, like, checking the luggage they found in Andre Tamin's cabin, there was a a name tag on one of the pieces of luggage, and the name tag belonged to Michel Chiasson. Oh, so the he, homeboy that homeboy stuck in, up in, in Nova Canada. Scotia. Okay, exactly. Okay. So the remember he's like, oh, it's the two girls. Apparently there was some fight between him and Andre Tamin or something, and he got pushed out, and then he's like, push me out to watch this. Right. And he got his revenge and took them all down. So Ruined every Sydney disco. <laughs> yes, from that exactly. <laughs> so Melina Robiger and Isabelle Lagasse and Andre Tamin, they all get arrested in Australia. And I don't know if you know this, but Aussie law is not cool on cocaine. Yeah, They're yeah. all facing life sentences for cocaine smuggling. Is there an... I I have watched To Catch a Smuggler. Yeah, never mind. Then you know. There's an Australia version of it. Then I don't need to tell you anything. I know. I didn't know about this, but cocaine is also very expensive in Australia. Yeah? Yeah, like really expensive. Like, okay, I've traveled to Colombia, and I was shocked at how cheap cocaine was down there. What, did it like advertise it on supermarkets? No, I talked to people who had cocaine. (laughs) They were like, I have cocaine for sale. Would you like to buy it? And I was like, how much for the cocaine? But the eight ball of cocaine, that was like 3 to $5. 
uh, for an eight ball. Now, it, I'm not a Coke person. I didn't end up buying it. I did, but the prices You're blew just, me you know, away. I just wanted to know. I, I just like around. to know about what were the prices on the street, right? So at that time in America, just to keep this in perspective, uh, a gram would have been about $50 and an eight ball would be about $150. Okay. It was 3 to $5 for an eight ball of cocaine in well, Colombia. And yeah. it was like pure. Bottled at the source. Exactly, right? Now, take that same logic and you go all the way down to Australia, so far from the source that it is four to five times as expensive. So there's this blustering cocaine market growing there huh. that the Hells Angels and other people are running oh, because it's so it, the prices are amazing. So the Sinaloa cartel and all these people are trying to get into the Australian market because it's just worth so much more. Right, right. So this was like the beginnings of this really being them going big. They're like, how do we get it in? The cruise ships go down to Australia. Yeah. So they were pushing it through cruise ships until Michelle Chiasson got a little petty and decided to finger the two Instagram influencers and ruined it for everybody. Wow. So now Sydney had no cocaine. But, uh, I wanted to check the prices, and so I didn't really, I don't know how to check, you know, the Australian <laughs> drug prices. I was like, hey, let me call an Australian like drug a, friend. like a market. No, like a there wasn't like a, a dark listings. web price sheet I could check. <laughs> but I did check Vice, and Vice is usually good about knowing this kind yeah. of stuff. And they said that a kilo of cocaine, and I quote, can sell wholesale in Australia for $228,000 to $259,000. One kilo of cocaine. Wow. In comparison to an average wholesale price of $54,000 in the U.S. Huh. and 87000 in the U.K. What's the Kirkland brand Costco price <laughs> for a kilo of cocaine? It's cocaine. <laughs> so you can see why now the international, <laughs> Kirkland, cocaine, the international criminals were so hyped on Australia, right? But I feel bad for old Molina and Isabel because these two decided to trust the idiots who were trying to take advantage of this price difference, and they didn't even think to ask any questions. Yeah. It's like, oh, yes, this will be fine. We'll go down Instagram influence. It'll be great. Uh. Now, if you stop in Colombia and Peru, as you noted, you're going to raise red flags to the cops, which right. is what happened. And I can attest that when I flew to, to Colombia and I flew back from Colombia, I've never been searched like that in my entire life. They opened up all of my luggage. They sure. took out all of my clothes. They, they were breaking souvenirs. Like, they let them drop onto the airport floor. Like, all of my clothes were on the airport floor. I had to repack the entire bag wow. at the customs station. I've never had anything like that. My friend, Dave, a uh, Korean gentleman, he was with me. He, he, we were going down to Colombia to shoot this movie. He comes back, and he's got a thing of protein powder, a giant tub, like, weightlifter protein powder. That he brought with? That he brought with. Well, yeah, he's weird. So he brought with him, and it was—it's white powder. They oh, open it up, they look on. in, and they're like, oh, "What's this?" He's like, "Protein powder." They're like, "Okay, we're right next me? to each other at Scott Customs." Yeah, so they didn't do the little test. They didn't test do anything. They didn't even blue. like. They didn't even like put put a finger in and give like a little sniff or a whiff. Just nothing. Put it on the rub it on their gums. yeah. See if the stuff goes numb. Nothing. <laughs> so I'm just saying is it's a little bit of. Uh, the security is based on red flags and not on actual, like, yeah. hey, let's actually test this. So the girls, they could have gotten away with this. I can see why they thought they could have. And yeah. I'd be willing to bet you without Michelle Chiasson, they would have gotten away with it. Yeah. But they didn't. Oh. So the difference in all of this is that, you know, my friend, the... Uh, he looked innocent. They looked innocent, but their friends did not look innocent. Well, yeah, Andre to me. Yeah. In this case, I would have been the Andre to me. So, <laughs> anyway, you get the point. So, Melina and Isabel, they had to go before an Australian judge. The judge is not down with social media. She is not down with their whole lifestyle of Instagram influencing uh -huh. and bikini photos. I yeah. So, District Court Judge Kate Trail, she goes hard in the paint on these girls and she shames the two women for their life yes. shaped by Shame. chasing likes. She's I like, love it. Just 
before announcing their verdict and sentencing, this judge, she pulls out the chopper and just guns down the defendants with shame. I, and I, I you know I believe in a shame-based <laughs> punishment system. Yes. An economy. A shame-based economy. <laughs> so she says, and I quote, she wanted to be the envy of others. I doubt she is now the envy of others. Ooh, burn. Now your ass is going to an Australian prison for seven years. How you like that? <laughs> Okay, I added that last part. I know, part. I was like hoping that's what she said directly. <laughs> no, I was going to do an all-Australian all accent, just but that was like, nah. nah. So the two women, they get sentenced to seven and eight years in prison. Okay. Now, Isabel Lagos, she's eligible for parole in February 2021. Welcome back to Freedom, Isabel. Hey. My big question, I'm sure you're wondering the same thing, Elizabeth. Yeah, probably. What about Sugar Daddy? Yeah. Right? Whatever happened story? to that Euro Trash Daddy? And he wasn't, he wasn't on the he ship, He wasn't on was the he? boat, no. Hmm. Yeah, remember he said I'd be on the boat, and he wasn't. He just had his the minder, Andre Tamin, okay, there. Okay, yeah, yeah. So despite the fact that it could have helped her in court, Melina refuses to name him. So does Is- so does Isabel. Well, they're smart because yes. he probably would have taken them and everyone they He know threatened about. their families already, yeah. at least one of them. Yeah. Now, uh, Melina said during her sentencing hearing, quote, I feel like I would be endangered if I did mention his name. So mm, she yeah. straight up says it. Yeah, right? yeah. Now, there is a suspect that gets named by Canadian press outlets, and they suggested that Sugar Daddy was a man who'd once hired Isabel to be the manager at a jewelry store he owned, but has now since closed. Neither woman would, they just refused to confirm who this guy was. So mm-hmm. whatever. It doesn't what really if, matter. Sugar Daddy. What Nothing bad happens to him. What if it's Tom Hanks? That would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. Stranger Things. <laughs> in 2021, Melina, she gets released from the Australian prison, and then she ends up serving four years of her eight-year sentence. She gets released, like, I don't know, good behavior or whatnot. Uh-huh. She gets deported back to Canada because Australia's like, get the hell out. Right. And uh, now, guess what she is? This was the one who was the influencer? Well, yeah, the primary influencer. Not the waitress. Yeah, not the, the waitress. Influencer. Mm-hmm. And she worked, she, her She was a club is... scene. She worked in a jewelry store. She worked a... Uh, Couple different places, but I don't know. Is she like a kindergarten teacher? I'll give you a hint. She's been to prison. Okay. She's now a published author. Oh man. <laughs> oh, I'm telling God. you, if you want a book deal, do time. Every author is just like rolling. Everyone goes to prison, they come out, they're like, I got a story to tell people like yes, that. Everyone a book who deal. is in an MFA program <laughs> yeah, is it's like, like what the that was hell? a waste of time and money. Yes. Should have just gotten locked up. <laughs> got on a world tour. <laughs> exactly. Got some cocaine. At least she was at the very end of the world tour. <laughs> she got the tour. Yeah, good point. She'll always have those memories, Aaron. You can't take those away. No, you can't. So her book that she wrote was a book course about her brief time as an accidental tourist come international drug smuggler. I bet and, you I bet you that it's really, really well written. Oh, no ghostwriters involved. No, it was all her. One. She wrote it in prison okay. on toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> the book with the title is Sans Filter which in French, or as close as I got, is unfiltered or without filter, which right. is, of course, a joke on the Instagram filters. You get it? Ha, 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 okay. So Melina says she learned a hard truth from her time in prison, and I quote, <laughs> The lesson learned is far greater than the story itself, and I wanted to take the chance to tell it in my own words. I am so grateful and excited to finally be able to share with you the five years that changed the course of my life. And yes, that announcement was made on Instagram. <laughs> She's back, bitches. Wait, I want a list of all the people who bought this. <laughs> all seven of them? I just them? want to talk to them. <laughs> 
<laughs> I want to talk to him. What was your motivation? Yeah, why one? did you? Why? Do you know how to read? This is, is this going to go <laughs> on your bookshelf? Pictures? Is this a prop? What is this? Did she post pictures from when? It's actually just a coloring book with is some pictures. Is her Instagram still live? No, Can you look no, at it? I, I, oh, it darn. got taken down. I had to find like a uh, internet archive yeah, and stories yeah. that had clips from it to be I able would to see love, all the photos. It would be so rich to look at those pictures. Oh now yeah, the comments. Like, oh, how's that going to work? The out? comments from the people when it was still live because they were able to say all sorts of stuff when she was first arrested. So oh, people were just dunking yes. on them. Yeah, yes. It was a graveyard Shame. of comments. <laughs> <laughs> so, Elizabeth, what's our ridiculous takeaway? Yeah. Yeah, I think um, a lot of things. One, <laughs> it's good to be a nosy person, but the busybody part, mm-hmm. you got to mind your own business, but you got to just, like, don't get involved. Oh, I see what you're saying. So if you're on a cruise ship... Speculate. Speculate, but keep it, you know, whatever. Keep it's your not distance. your business. Mainly because you don't want someone like Sugar Daddy... Knifing you? Knifing you in, in your sleep. And dumping you over the side of the boat? Yeah. Because you know too much? I You've think seen that, too much? I think that we need to start educating our youth about... about crime? About not being <laughs> naive about crime. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, honestly... Kids, this is a bad man. This is what... <laughs> this is He how, comes to you with an offer... Uh, and just the whole Instagram influencer thing, like letting that override any kind of logic or reason. Like this guy's gonna, this guy's gonna pay for this this tour, mm-hmm. twenty grand worth of a ticket, but give you six thousand spending money, spending money. And so really, that's your pay for this. Essentially, you're moving twenty two million dollars worth of goods. Yep. You're going to be on the hook for it. Oh, my God, girl. You're not even getting 1%. And who cares? I don't get the whole Instagram. I mean, I'm old. There's that. <laughs> but, like, I don't care if someone wants to go with their rump hanging out on a beach and take a I don't care. Well, yeah, I don't think that's for you. And, like, the people who are, like, sipping, you know, like a... a Cocktail and a nice Well, it's always, like, some ridiculous blended coffee drink that has all this stuff. And you know, you look at them, you're like, you didn't even take a sip of that. You, like, post and then you threw it away because you wouldn't consume... That many calories and carbohydrates in your entire life, let alone in one beverage. Yeah, the only thing I think that people actually eat is the black ice cream. I think they do eat Maybe. that, but shy of that, no. Maybe, but then it's like, and they're all done up and they're put, po- who cares? <laughs> who I hate to tell you this, a lot of people cares. Can. You know what I want? I want, a, I want good chuckles. <laughs> you want the laugh. On social media. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. Well, my ridiculous takeaway, once again, thank you for asking, Elizabeth. Uh, yeah, you're totally welcome. Anytime. There are so few surprises in this story. <laughs> right? Right. It's just like, once you get past the broad brushstrokes of Coke Boat, yeah. Instagram influencer, yeah. and Euro trash pimp, you just get down to like human nature 101. Every every development. Oh, of course. Well, of course. <laughs> yes. Well, of well, course. Look at that. C followed, B followed, A. I just don't get why, you know, I guess the cruise lines want to like turn, the, uh, turn a blind eye on it because it's a revenue stream to have these people on. <laughs> there yeah think but it's like when you have young influence i i this is again i just you're spitting and stammering i don't get it because i still can't get my head around how these people make money in terms of i i guess it's sponsored yeah so if you get to a certain point and and you have enough people who follow you and like your stuff companies will say hey hold this product and it's you get paid to do it it's the same as anything subscriptions or can you get a crowd to follow you of that and so if I see these young people and then those two Italian cats yeah. you know this is just this is red flag city over there <laughs> just let all the retired folks who just are they're not they don't watch enough PBS to be on a Viking River cruise so they're on this round the world princess job yes. like let them do their thing on their own they don't need you 
coconut up. I have to admit, I thought it was brilliant. <laughs> it is brilliant. <laughs> I, to, I won't even lie. I was like, it's man, great, that's brilliant. It is a good plan. It's a good plan. Yeah. But also not a good plan. <laughs> <laughs> In all honesty. It's that it contains multitudes. <laughs> it's human nature 101. Exactly. Well, that's it for this one. Thank you for listening. You can find us online at Ridiculous Crime on both Twitter, Instagram, and uh, on Instagram, you got all the funnies. That's where you get the stories and the giggles. On Twitter, you get some pictures and some prompts. And we'll tell you when the new shows are coming up on both. Uh, email us if you want at ridiculouscrime at gmail.com. Elizabeth loves those, so please email <laughs> her directly. <laughs> now the interns take them all. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Ridiculous Crime is hosted by Elizabeth Dutton and Zarin Burnett. Produced and edited by Captain Steubing cosplayer Dave Couston. Research is by the HMS Ridiculous Crime's cruise ship director, Marissa Brown. Our theme song is by the house band Cruise Ship Magicians, which is Thomas Lee and Travis Dutton. Executive producers are Ben, I'm the captain now, Bolin, and Noel, no, I'm the captain now, <laughs> Brown. Ridiculous Crime. Say it one more time. Ridiculous Crime. Ridiculous Crime is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us was trying to brand us. We were going to become the McDonald's of kid treatment. Join my hosts as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. I got a big heart, and I'm very forgiving, but, like, don't abuse it. It's been abused enough. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. In the recent history of documentary filmmaking, one scene stands out above all. The hot mic bathroom confession of Robert Durst in The Jinx. Now the person responsible for that moment, Sereb Kaufman, stepson of the victim, friend of the murderer, star of the documentary, for the first time ever, shares why he believes you're watching the furthest thing from the truth on this exclusive episode of Murder Homes. Listen to Murder Homes on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.